Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, episode number 49. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast. Learn jazz piano without all the guesswork. Now, your host, Brendan Lowe. All right, hey everyone, welcome to the JPS Podcast, episode 49. And this is going to be intro to bebop. So, someone had just recently left a comment on one of the podcast videos on YouTube, uh, episode an earlier episode, asking more for an explanation of uh, bebop. And I thought that was great because I hadn't really gone into bebop much. Um, I have a little bit as far as connecting chord tones in um, some of the earlier podcasts, but I haven't really explained it too too much. So. I want to do that today, and actually, this is probably going to be a shorter episode than the last two because it's there's really not much to it, <laughs> and it's you're probably like laughing at me saying that because it's like yeah right, Brennan Bebop. Oh yeah, it's so easy, right? <laughs> but when you learn the basics, when you learn the steps to take, I mean anything's easy. You can break anything down into a step-by-step format that's going to help you learn. And that's exactly what I've done with JPS and Jazz Piano School. So just a couple brief brief intro here again. My name is Brendan Lowe. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. Uh, we are associated with the website jazzpianoschool.com. That's the website I've created and founded, which has my education system on there, which I created to help frustrated frustrated individuals or people seeking info that is structured and organized and creates direction for your jazz piano education for you to learn. And so I had a very hard time moving through uh, jazz piano in my jazz piano career and I wanted to help people because I had a lot of students over my teaching experience say to me, Brendan, I've never felt so confident from taking lessons from you ever before. I mean, I feel like I know what I'm doing. You have a plan for me. You know exactly what to give me next in a simple fashion, and it's wonderful. So after about you know hundreds of students telling me I should, you know, spread this knowledge to the world, I created a website. So brief little uh, explanation there. There's a bug flying around in my office right now that's going to probably drive me crazy during this episode. <laughs> uh, but I don't want to stop because I already started. So. I'll ignore it. It's probably going to fly in my ear. All right. Anyway, so, and again, we are going to have podcast uh, materials, download practice materials for this because it's uh, it's more of a technique. It's more of a theory concept that I'm going to be teaching you today, not so many textures. It's, it's actually very straight into the point this episode is going to be. So, what is bebop? Bebop <clears throat> is a great, great jazz language. And obviously in jazz, there's many types of atmospheres, uh, environments that you can create with the piano and jazz itself, right? As jazz has evolved, you know, there's a lot of different styles. Bebop was a particular style uh, that you might enjoy. A lot of great pianists, uh, Bud Powell, uh, Barry Harris, you know, Hank Jones, all these great guys, Red Garland. Um, playing bebop styles so you know it's always great to know and perfect bebop before kind of getting outside more of an outside harmonic influence I shouldn't say better because there's always different ways to learn things but I guess in my beliefs 
uh, the more you can understand, because bebop really does relate to harmonies and of the chord, the more you can kind of master that first, then move outside the pocket and create your own environment, because knowing the harmonies, you're really going to be able to grab a solid, solid foundation of what you're doing and the way you play and the way you want to express yourself. So the first thing I'm going to teach you guys today, and the sound that you hear comes from certain elements when playing, right? I'm not going to use, I'm just going to demonstrate today solo without any piano tracks. Um, sorry, I forgot to mention, if you are interested in the download for this episode, for the practice materials, you can go to, all of them are going to be the same every episode from here on out, unless I say there's no download material available, but it'll be School forward slash podcast 49. And on that page, there'll be a, an email opt-in address and you can put your email in there and we will send you the download podcast materials, okay? So, if I'm going to play bebop, right, uh, you know, it's gonna sound something like this. I'll just play uh, two fives, right? hear that you're like yeah you know that's that's what I want to play <laughs> I always remember always like hearing tunes or hearing my teacher you know play something and I would hear just a little snippet I'd be like oh my god like how do I play that that's the sound I want like everyone wants to, this kind of this sound that's very nice and I'm gonna tell you the secret to bebop right now okay you ready listen closely you got your pen and paper ready <laughs> well I guess if you're driving in a car Listen closely, turn the radio off, right? Bebop is structured from approaching notes that resolve to chord tones. Brilliant, right? <laughs> You're probably like, wait, wait, that's it? Is that all it is? <laughs> what you just played there was approaching notes to chord tones? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. You know, with my passion and my uh, will to swing. But again, approaching chord tones, using notes to approach those chord tones is how we create that bebop sound. It's the surrounding approach notes that resolve to chord tones from within the chord. Okay, so I'm playing a two, five, one in F. We have our G minor 7 chord. Going to our C, oh there's that dang bug. Going to our C7. Going to our F major 7. Right? Okay. So obviously in each chord we have four chord tones. Now, in between these chord tones, I'm in the key of F. So I'm going to have notes from my F major scale in between these chord tones. Right? And now again, if you've listened to the podcast on modes, you'll know our two chord is our Dorian mode. So I'm simply playing my F major scale up from the root of the chord because we are in the key of F. Here's my F major scale from F. Now my two chord is made up from notes within the F major scale, right? But this is going to be the one. Now when I say two chord, I mean it in relation to 
the F, which is the root. Okay, so one, two, right? Here's our two chord. But the root of the G chord is the first chord tone in the chord. So don't get confused by that, because I'll say the one of the chord, which is G, this is the one, but it's the two chord in relation to the key. Okay, so there's two ways you talk about it. You talk about the chord in relation to the key, which is the two chord, then you talk about the chord tones in relation to the chord. Some people are like, oh, there's so many numbers flying around. This is how you have to differentiate between all the numbers. So when I say G is the one of the two chord, I used both examples. I'm relating the G to the chord, and I also said of the two chord, which relates it to the key we're in, F. So I'm gonna play the G Dorian mode, which is our F scale. Right? Now in between these notes, I have A, C, E, right? So here are my four chord tones, and I have my other three notes in between the four chord tones. So I can approach my chord tones with the other three notes. Now there's only three. There's four chord tones, one, two, three, four, and there's three approach notes in the, it's a specific approach I'm gonna talk about right now, okay? And there's three notes. So each one of the chord tones can be approached by one of these notes. And there's actually one more I'll show you when I get to the top because the approach note uh, doubles as the chord tone. We'll get to that in a second. But for my one chord, and now this approach is gonna be called chord scale above. Now the reason for this is because the chord scale is our Dorian mode. That's our chord scale. And chord scale above means we're taking a note from the chord scale above the chord tone before we play our chord tone. So our approach, our bebop approach, is going to be our chord scale above leading or resolving to our chord tone. So if I have the first chord tone in my chord, my G minor chord, right, the root, the chord scale above approach note is gonna be A. Now, that's, that's you know, to you, that probably sounds like A to G, right? And it's, well, it does to me too. But the beauty of this is that when you combine these approaches, they start to create bebop, okay? Very easy. That's, and that right there is an approach resolution to our chord tone, our, our root of the chord. Now, if I were to do the same thing for the third of the chord, which is B flat, I'm gonna go C to B flat. C is the chord scale approach note from above going to the B flat, right? Now to D, the same thing. I'm gonna use my E, okay? Now here is where on the seventh, we use the chord scale above doesn't have to be doesn't happen to be one of these three notes that are in between each of the chords, right? It happens to be a chord tone, which is okay. So we're simply using a chord scale from above to approach our chord tone, right? Now, why is this important? Okay, why is this important? Well, the way bebop works, kind of theoretically, right, is that chord tones, the reason bebop sounds so great is that chord tones fall on the downbeats the majority of the time, 
okay, just as a kind of a general rule on downbeats. So when I'm playing, all my chord tones are hitting downbeats, right? One and two and three and four and one and two, right? You see all the chord tones lining up with the downbeats and that strengthens the harmonies to really reflect what's going on in the changes. And that's why, this is where you hear people say, oh, he was really playing inside the changes or he was outside the changes. When you're inside the changes, you're really reflecting the harmonies by lining up your chord tones on the downbeats. And the more you do this, the more apparent it's going to be that you are playing the exact harmonies of the tune or progression that's going on. And when you start to create melodies out of this, that's when you really start to get into the essence, uh, you know, not just of jazz, but of really kind of bringing out the harmonic, you know, value of whatever tune you're playing, whether it's an original or a standard, you're playing that tune because you're emphasizing the harmony. So back to our approach note, these approaches allow us to connect our chord tones. And I've talked about this previous in previous episodes, but again, I'm gonna be going into this a little bit further. So we have our chord scale above approach going to every chord tone in our chord. Here's our chord, okay? Now I'm gonna play my approaches, my chord scale above down to the one. Okay, my chord scale approach down to the three. Now funny enough, when we go down, it's just the scale. Sorry. Okay. Now the same thing happens for our C7 chord. The mode changes, but again, we're still in the key of F. So our F or F scale or our mixolydian mode is still using the notes from our F scale. So our chord scale approach notes are going to be different because we're approaching new chord tones. Our chord tones are C, E, G, and B flat. So we're going to play. Right? Now we have a half step here. And before we had a whole step going to the third. Now we have a half step. F sharp isn't in our chord scale, right? So we wouldn't use that. But again, we can use F sharp because it's an extension, but we're gonna get into that later, probably part two of the podcast. So there's that um, chord scale above to third, chord scale above to five, chord scale above to the seven. Okay, now to for the, my F major seven, we have chord scale above. Right? So again, if I, the exercises you're going to get in this PDF are going to contain uh, your chord scale above to chord tone, okay? And uh, they're going to be through your 2 5 1, so you can practice those, right? And the way that I would recommend practicing and the way that's going to be written is going to be anticipation, okay? So you're not going to play. Four and, excuse me, you're not gonna play and four. You're gonna have both, really, but the anticipation is good. So one, two, three, four, or excuse me, one, two, three, four, and. I should really have my metronome going. You want, you're gonna practice with a metronome. Let me pull my metronome out here, just so you can hear the beats going by. And then, again, you're gonna do both ways. 
Uh, so you're going to play four and, and then and one, right? One, two, three, four. Uh, excuse me, one, two, three, four, and one. Okay, in both, both rhythmic values, the reason for this is because they're going to lead to other variations of our approach notes, which I'm going to talk about in the future. All right? That's the reason we're doing both rhythmic values because there are certain ways we can approach things that are going to delay the resolution and that's going to take on the four and, but if we simply want to resolve, we're going to use the and one, right? One and two and three and four and one. And that's what I originally had talked about because that is where our chord tones are lining up on the downbeats. But the four and, the anticipation, when we go one, two, three, four and, that's going to be for more advanced delayed resolution. So here's my metronome. Okay, and again, the way I do this exercise is go through every chord. Now, every chord isn't going to be in the, the uh, exercise as far as all your dominants, all your minors, and all your majors. That is included in the Jazz Piano School community, right? Uh, but just for the podcast, the PDF exercises, you're going to get the, all, the two five ones, which basically will take you ev through every chord. But again, you want to be able to isolate the changes so you can do all dominants all majors, all minors, you know, and get as much, uh, get as thorough as possible in approaching every sort of variation because we're going to do, you're going to do two five ones, but you want to be able to do dominance, maybe walking down in whole steps, right, and do the approach notes for all those, or maybe, you know, dominance up in minor thirds, okay? Stuff like that, and that's included in Jazz Piano School. But just for now, start with the PDFs of the 251. So here's my metronome. So I'm going to play my chord and just let it ring out uh, on beat one, and then I'm going to start my approach scale, uh, excuse me, my uh, chord scale approach from above uh, leading into the next bar. Okay, here we go. So one, two, three, four. Chord, two, three, four. that's all we're doing. As far as fingering goes, you really want to get comfortable with actually switching up your fingering. I don't want you to use a specific fingering because when you're soloing, your fingering is going to change. It's going to change all the time unless you're playing practice rehearsed licks, but you don't want to get in the habit of doing that all the time because let's say, you know, I use, I use the approach notes. Sorry, I just changed the topic real quick. The approach notes is, are what's going to allow you to get away from playing practice rehearsed licks because the approach notes allow you to create freedom with building blocks. They're like the Legos to bebop, right? You can build whatever lines you want through the use of the approach notes. So I'm going to give you one more and that's going to be half step below. Now the half step below is not a chord scale approach because we're using notes outside the chord scale. Makes sense, right? Chord scale approach is called chord scale because all those approaches are within the chord scale half step below is simply what it sounds like, a half step below your chord tone to resolve to your chord tone. So for the G, half step below is going to be F sharp. So that is our resolution. 
Now half step below our, G, our B flat on our G minor seven chord is gonna be A, right? Half step below our D, half step below our F. Right? Now, just by me playing that, hopefully you can already hear the essence of bebop. Right? And it's at this point that I love seeing students' faces because they're looking at me like kind of jaw drop like, oh my god. Like, you're actually explaining bebop, like what I should be playing. And yes, it's with these small progressions, obviously, that I teach in jazz piano school, but that you can start to practice as well through these podcasts, um, that starts to create the building blocks of bebop, right? So we have our half step below approach now. Sorry. <laughs> Now again, our chord tones change on the dominant chord or when we change chords, right? So we're gonna have new half-step below approaches. To the one, to the three, to the five, to the seven, back down. And some, some of these approaches, you just have to pick your hand up and lift. You can't make them legato all the time. Right, lift, lift, right, lift. Okay, and now finally our one chord, our F major seven. So again, when I'm practicing these, we're gonna practice in all the two five ones. We play our chord and then we do and one, right? So one, two, three, and four, and one, two, and three, four, and one, two, and three, four, and one, and three, four, and one, two, and three. And then we switch and one, two, and three, four, and one, two, and three, four, and one, two, and three, and one, two, and three, four. Again, these should get so automatic that you're just cruising through these, right? Let me put the metronome on here. Always practice these with a metronome, right? Because you want to, again, you you want to feel that feeling of swing. And the more advanced you get, you can have the metronome clicking on two and four instead of one and three, instead of quarter notes, rather. So right now it's clicking on quarter notes. And as a beginner or intermediate player, this is what I recommend the most. This is going to benefit you the most is by having that chord note beat and you'd practice the same way, right? One, two, one, two, three, four, chord, two, three. you have all the quarter notes there as this you know solid foundation for your rhythmic tempo but as you get more advanced you know you can have the beat click on two and four I should do a whole nother podcast episode on this because it's a great great way to practice my teacher would always have me do this that's really that's really fast so again remember these are half these are um, yes half notes right on two and four one two three four one two three four and that gives you the representation of the hi-hat because your drummer right is is uh, most of the time will in bebop will have that hi-hat going on two and four right so this now it's very difficult 
it's difficult to feel this beat as being two and four, right? So this would technically be your two, four, two, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. So that's very fast. That's at 120. So remember, these are half notes. So I'm going to put this down just a little bit. Right? So again, this is like someone snapping. They're snapping the upbeats, right? These are two and four. One, two, one, two, three, four. Because that's the emphasis in jazz. So we want to do the same thing with our metronome. You can practice this way as an advanced practice exercise. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. advanced you'll get more comfortable with that but that helps you really recreate the swing feel when practicing and you can do that solely you know I'll put just the metronome on and practice my improv like that I don't even need a band this is so helpful for I'm getting a little off track here guys but it's a really really great practice exercise I really can't stress this enough I mean I, I really should I'm gonna do a whole podcast episode on this because obviously your swing feel is very very important if you're not swinging you know Duke Ellington right don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. So if you're swinging something, you're not swinging, you're not capturing the essence of jazz. So when I do this, right, I'll put my metronome on, I'll just practice my swing feel, staying in the pocket, trying not to rush, trying not to drag, but staying right in that pocket, because the metronome don't lie. Metronome don't lie, right? I don't know if you guys watch basketball, like uh, <laughs> certain players will uh, yell out like, ball don't lie, ball don't lie. I don't watch much, much basketball. It's my fourth favorite sport but um, just so you know hockey <laughs> football baseball uh, football and baseball yeah hockey football baseball and then basketball but uh, I don't even know oh yeah ball don't lie so like when the ball misses you know some players will be like or like um, when they take their free throws for the penalties they'll be like ball don't lie all, all anyone who doesn't know basketball is going to be like Brennan what are you talking about right now <laughs> all right Anyway, so the metronome doesn't lie. That's my point. The metronome's not going to rush. It's not going to drag. Uh, if you're playing with a bass player or a drummer, they're not a metronome, right? And I'm not saying you should be a metronome, but you want a true sense of time because if you can't realize that you're dragging or the bass player's dragging or the drummer's dragging or rushing, then it's going to be very hard to feel that sense of pocket when you're swinging, okay? So here's the metronome exercise. I would just play bass notes and solo. One, Two, one, two, three, four. So rushing just a little bit. So it's a really, really great exercise. And when you're doing this, you can feel, I mean, you can, I felt it. I, I, I was rushing just a hair on my lines. And when you're able to just get that groove and find that pocket, you can practice, you can swing for like 20 to 30 minutes. It, it's amazing. I mean, you're going to be, boom, you're, you're, you're awesome. I mean, that's, that's it. It's just like, you got it. Anyway, now, all right, so we've done chord scale above. 
half-step below. You're getting a blend of education today in this podcast. Chord scale above, half-step below. Now, the next thing, the last thing I'm going to leave with you with today is the combination, okay? The combination is what really starts to bring everything together. Same with Legos, right? I love Legos. When, we, <laughs> when you start to combine the Legos, it builds something, just like in my jazz piano education. You know, you can have a bunch of Legos and pick them out here and there, and they're pretty, and put them together, but if you've got a Lego set of like a building or, you know, or a Star Wars uh, you know, TIE fighter, you're not following directions to put the Legos in the correct order, you're not going to build that TIE fighter, right? You're going you're gonna to get a jumbled mess of everything. And that just rep, that's, my, that's a great jazz piano education analogy right there from Legos. <laughs> I am going to use that to, as my, uh, my one-minute pitch to people about jazz piano school. <laughs> Who doesn't love Legos? I mean, come on. I'm an, I'm an 80s baby, you know? That was right when Legos were booming. They still are. Anyway, so as we use these, <laughs> I don't know what's gotten into me today. As we use these building blocks, right, we create bebop by the use of combining our approaches, right? So we have half step below to chord scale above to chord tone. Do you see that? Amazing. And already you can hear the approach. Even if I just start. Right? A scale like that. You can already hear the essence of bebop starting to form with that approach. Or I can flip it around. Chord scale above. Right? Sorry, another thing you're going to see in the practice exercises I forgot to tell you is not all the chord tones up in a row. You're going to see you're going to see the uh, chord tones being practiced through the 251. So you'll be 2-3-4-2-3-4-2-3-4. Right? And then you'll switch to the key of B flat. 2-3-4-2-3-4-2-3-4. So you're going through all the roots, all the thirds, all the fifths, all the sevenths. Then you'll, you'll also have right all the chord tones up and down. Uh, the other great thing, uh, so again, yeah, so we're combining. Right, that is our approach that I'm using there to build our Legos, right, is half step low to chord scale above to the root, to the chord tone, excuse me. Right, half step below, chord scale above, chord tone. Right? And then if I go to my next chord, my dominant chord, right, half step below, chord scale above, chord tone. So again, you see how our, the distance of the intervals is gonna switch. Don't be alarmed by this because of the scale. Right here, we have two half steps right around our chord tone. Half step below, the chord scale above happens to be a half step, right? Now here, half step, but the chord scale above is a whole, uh, excuse me, a, yeah, a whole step, down to the chord tone. Sorry. And then our, finally, our root position chord. And again, it's another instance where we have two half steps. And again, two half steps up top here now. So again, you'll practice 
going through the 251, just targeting, I'm going to put my metronome back on, just targeting all the roots. So you'll have, um, and I would recommend, again, doing it without your left hand and with your cord, okay? So the first way you'll do it is without is just your right hand. So I'll put this metronome on, one, and again, sorry, just one small note. So we have two chord tones, and we want our, excuse me, we have two approaches, this is getting confusing, right? <laughs> we have two approaches, and we want to land on our chord tone on the downbeat. That's the first way we're gonna practice. So we're gonna have four and one, right? Two and, yeah, two and three, four and one, okay? One, two, one, two, three. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't just play what I described. Starting out, you want to do halftime, right? So you're not doing. If you think you can do that, go for it. But you don't want to be making mistakes. So double, right? Take halftime. Take double amount of time in between each one. So. That's what I'm going to do first here. One, two, three. One, two, three. I'm taking a full measure. Two, three. One, two, three. Right? And, and then uh, you keep going down. Always double the top note. Okay, then once you get better, you can do uh, consecutively without waiting. One, two, three. So you got the feeling there. Then you flip it. But again, these chord, these approaches are what create that bebop sound, right? 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 So using those approaches is going to give you the bebop sound. And then there's some other things with extensions and stuff like that that go into it as well. But that is the essence, right? Approach notes that I just taught you in this podcast is a must. Listen closely, guys. Is a must in order to get that bebop sound. If you want the bebop sound, if you want that sound that I just demonstrated, right? Uh, in the beginning, the, the very beginning of the podcast, and right now, you need to master these approach notes because they're connectors. And again, once we start to master this, then we start to develop the connection between all our chords. So, so going, you know, whatever chord you're moving back and forth, I went from a G minor to A flat minor. Right, now I'm on the third again. Third. So the it's the it's the approaches that give you the ability and flexibility to connect any chords you want together, and it also allows you obviously to seamlessly play faster through changes, you know, so that you're not having to think so much when you're playing tempos like here and it's only by mastering the chain uh, the connection slowly that's really going to get you to that point so again that was our intro to bebop i'm going to continue it 
further, I don't know if I'm going to do possibly the next episode. That's a lot of bebop, just bebop approaches. Probably down the road, I'll take it a little further. But I just wanted to let you guys know that is the essence to bebop, and it has to be mastered uh, in order to get that bebop sound that you're looking for. And it's going to open so many doors. Listen closely, guys. It's going to open so many doors to getting the sound that you're looking for out of the piano. So many things come from learning these bebop approaches so that you're emphasizing the harmony, right? One, you're emphasizing the harmonies of the tune, creating melodies, you know, by landing on those chord tones because the chord tones are going to bring out the melody of the tune. They're going to bring out the harmonies of the tune. If you're not emphasizing those chord tones, those changes, then it's not going to sound, even sound like you're improving over the tune. And a lot of the times, that's why your improv doesn't sound good. You know, you're like, why don't I sound good at improv? And a lot of the times, it's because of the melodic value that you're playing doesn't even relate to the changes because those chord tones that you're playing aren't lining up in the downbeats. You're not emphasizing the correct chord tones of the chord, right? So maybe when a D flat major switches to a minor, right? We have two notes moving here in the shell, so we want to emphasize that in my solo. You know, stuff like that. So by emphasizing those notes, that's really what helps to build your solo and make it sound melodic and nice to the ear. Otherwise, it sounds like you're playing random notes. So uh, I didn't go to an hour, but 38 minutes. I still thought it was going to be like 20 minutes, 28 minutes, but who cares? <laughs> There's a lot of good information in here. You're going to be practicing this for a while. So thank you guys so much. Uh, if you have listened to me blab about uh, bebop approach notes for this long, I'd really appreciate a five-star rating in iTunes. Again, I've been saying this for the last couple of podcasts. We're at 49 podcasts. We're at 29 five-star ratings. So if you haven't rated the podcast, I'd really, really appreciate it. I want this podcast and my education to spread to as many people as possible. My goal is to have Jazz Piano School be the number one hub for the greatest jazz piano education around the world. You know. And again, I've probably said this before, but I want—I really want Jazz Piano School to be like the Rosetta Stone of jazz piano. I want it to be accessible and help people everywhere, give them the opportunity to learn this great music and excel at it, right? I want it to be easy so that people aren't frustrated, not banging their head against the wall or quitting. You know, that's the worst part is that all of you guys listening right now have a gift, right? You have a passion and a desire to learn music. And that gift that you have, that I have, isn't our talent, it's our passion. And it's our drive to learn this great music and spread it around the world. We never know what we play or how we play something is going to change someone else's life. Let me say that again. When we play, we never know anything, no matter how good you are, right? Even if you're just starting, you could play something and it could change someone else's life who is listening to you play. Remember that, right? No matter how, even if you're just starting, you could, you could influence a little girl, a little boy to start piano and they could just become the most amazing pianist or they could do other amazing things with their music that they became influenced with from you.
So it's really like a virus of love and you know just warmth that you're spreading. So again, <laughs> leading back to my five-star rating, it's not about me, it's about helping others find the education for the podcast because the more five-star ratings there are, the more able other people are going to be to find the podcast. So went off on a little tangent there. I love uh, motivating people to do the best they can. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But again, jazzpianoschool.com, plenty of free information there if you're looking for jazz piano help. And uh, again, you can get the download practice materials for this episode by going to jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 49, jazzpianoschool.com forward slash podcast 49. Enter your email address and we will send you the download materials. Hey everyone, I hope you've had a great time on this podcast and we will be doing number 50 next week. Awesome, amazing. All right, if you guys have any questions, feel free to email me at any time, brennanlow at jazzpianoschool.com and I will respond to you and help you out to my best of abilities. And until next time, happy practicing.